to Boiling Springs Baptist Church this morning. We're excited that all of you are here. Uh, we would like to welcome our visitors this morning. Uh, maybe this is your first time visiting with us, or uh, maybe you're returning and, and, and you're looking for, for a church home. We're, we're excited that you're here. We would welcome you to our church this morning. Uh, at the conclusion of our service, we would invite you uh, to the back or front of the sanctuary, depending on how you look at it. Uh, and we have a welcome desk back there, and uh, we would hope that you would be able to connect with a staff member or a deacon or a member of our church, and we would like to, uh, to welcome you and give you some information about our church. I would like to take note of the, the flowers uh, that are in the, the front of our sanctuary this morning. Uh, they were uh, given in memory of, of Lisa Beeson uh, by her parents, Ed and Sybil, uh, so just wanted to take note of those this morning. Tonight, uh, we begin our spring spiritual growth session uh, with Dr. Joseph Webb. Uh, we are excited about that and what he will be uh, speaking about this evening. Uh, Dr. Webb will be leading us in a study tonight uh, entitled The Hidden World of Paul the Apostle. Uh, so take note of that. That will be at 5 o'clock tonight in, in our lighthouse room, and we would invite all of you to come back tonight and be a part of that. If you, if you will look in your bulletin at the um, insert that is, that is in your bulletin, the, the flap on the side, uh, it talks about our care ministry here at Boiling Springs Baptist Church. Uh, if you are interested in joining our care ministry, there is a place here on that, that uh, insert in the bulletin where you can check if you're interested uh, in joining our care ministry. Care will meet this Thursday at 515. Uh, they meet the first Thursday of each month and then the Wednesdays following. So if you are interested in joining our care ministry, we would invite you to do that this morning. We would also like to take note that next Sunday, April 10th, is our Baptist Men's Sunday. Uh, we're excited to have Dr. Jim Richardson come and, and, and give our message next week. Uh, and so take note of Baptist Men's Sunday coming up next week. Uh, we would also like to take note on the, the, uh, the piece of paper that was inserted in your bulletin of the history committee. Uh, they would in, like to invite uh, you all as a church. They would like to invite our community to the spring history event. Monday, April 11th, so not tomorrow, but next Monday, Sarah Lynch, who is a senior at Gardner-Webb University, will be uh, presenting her senior project to our church. Uh, will be in the fellowship hall uh, that day at 1130, and so we would invite all of you to come. We would hope that you would invite your friends, invite the community uh, to come and be a part uh, in support of Sarah Lynch and her presentation of the history of Boiling Springs. Uh, we would ask that if you are interested in coming to that lunch, that you would RSVP through the office with the phone number that's listed in this insert, or that you would check on the flap that is in your bulletin. We are so excited that you are here and that you have chosen to, to join us this morning for worship at Boiling Springs Baptist. Uh, at this time, we would invite Cedric to come up for our missions moment. Good morning. My brothers and sisters, on the day of the celebration of the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, our church, our family, was brought to its knees in sadness and mourning. In the country of Pakistan, there was a bombing that took the lives of 69 people. And some of them were our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. I come to you to please pray, not only for the families 
who have lost in this horrific event, but for the country itself, and pray that this does not destroy love between Islam and Christianity, as these people are trying to do. We defeat hatred with love, as Christ told us to. We defeat our enemies by loving our enemies, not by hating them. We will not allow the hatred of some to destroy our love for each other, for those within and outside of our community of faith. So please, join me in prayer that the Lord will comfort those who are mourning and destroy the hatred that may grow from this and let love prevail. My Heavenly Father, we come to you, Lord, to pray for those who are mourning the loss of their loved ones in this horrific event that occurred on the day of the celebration of your resurrection. We pray, Lord God Almighty, that you defeat the hatred that may be growing in the hearts of some of the people in this country and fill it with love. And to remind us, Lord, that as you said, to love your neighbor as yourself, to love your enemy, for that is how you overcome evil. Not with hatred, not with thoughts of retribution, but with love and hope and faith. We lift our brothers and sisters up to you, Lord God Almighty. We lift those who are outside of our community of faith up to you, Lord God Almighty. For our brothers and sisters who have died, we pray that you rest in peace. For those outside our community of faith who have died, we pray that you rest in peace. We lift their spirits up to you, Lord. In your name, Holy Father, we all do praise and know that your greatest commandment overcomes all things. In your name, we do pray. Amen. Thank you.
It is a very nice surprise to be with you this morning. Uh, If I were perhaps eight inches taller, 20 uh, years younger, and X number of pounds lighter, which I will not go into, I might, oh, and if I had the ability to grow full facial hair, I might be able to try to pass off as pastor. Well, I won't even go there. Uh, This morning, uh, Renee um, and Keith are taking care of their son who is having some uh, difficulties. Uh, They're taking some care measures for him. Uh, And so he he called me this morning and asked if I would uh, step into his place.
am so glad to see y'all this morning. I thought after a long week off, you might not be able to get up out of bed this morning. Got to go to school this mo- in the morning, though, don't you? Yeah. Greatest of I want to read part of a verse to you for you. And then I'm going to finish the verse before we... We're going to read Revelation 1, verse, the first part of verse 8. I am the Alpha and the Omega. Any of you ever heard of the Alpha? What is the Alpha? The what? All right. How about Omega. Well, the Alpha and the Omega are the beginning and the end of the Greek alphabet. Like we have the alphabet, it goes from A to Z. You're right. Now, the rest of the verse says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord God. All right, I've got a little helper here, and she's got a bag of something. And she's going to let you choose one of what's in the bag. So let her help you. She's going to let you pick them. There you go. She's, she's going to pick them out for you. She's a good helper. Everybody gets one today. She's going to choose the perfect color for you. All right, while she gives them out, they're getting a ring. And we're going to decide something special about that ring. Oh, the girls are all trying their rings on. They're all pleased. All right, you hold on to the bag, okay? All right, now, I have a ring. Looks like your ring. What's different? It's big, but is there anything different other than it's big? All right. Look at this. What happens to my ring? It opens up. So it has a beginning and it has an end. Does your ring have a beginning and an end? No, it doesn't. It doesn't. It goes all the way around. There's no top and there's no bottom. All right, the rest of the verse says, I am the God who is and who was and who will come. I am the mighty one. So what has that got to do with Jesus? Does Jesus' love ever stop? No, it doesn't. Jesus' love for us is here forever and ever. has no beginning It has no end. And we're all good for that, aren't we? We're glad God's love and Jesus' love never ends, aren't we? All right, let us pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for these children. We thank you for the love that they have inside of their heart for you. Their love for you never ends. It knows that you came, that you died on the cross, And that you rose again. And that you are always, always here for them and here for us. And we thank you for that gift, Lord, every day. Amen.
please turn in your hymnal to page 208 and stand as we sing Love Divine, All Love's Excelling. Please stand. May we pray together. Our Heavenly Father, in these moments we come acknowledging that you are both Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. You created the world. You breathed life into your creation. And ultimately, you became flesh and dwelt among us. And... You allowed your creation to take the breath 
away from you. And yet through the power of the resurrection, you live and you offer each of us the breath of the Holy Spirit, the breath of inspiration, the breath of new life. For this we give thee thanks. Our Father, we live in a world that is troubled. We have only to listen to the news, to read the newscast, and to see that we are a world with great need, great turmoil, great conflict. We pray, O Lord, for our world. We pray, O Lord, for those who are hungry, for those who are oppressed. We pray, O Lord, for those that do not have shelter. And we pray, O Lord, for even those who wander and are just trying to find a place to rest, a place to lie down their heads. We pray, O Lord, for those in the world who are experiencing persecution. Whatever their religion might be, we pray, O Lord, for them. We pray, O Lord, for, for our nation that we might discover and find what it is you would have us to be in this world of, of great need. And dear Father, we pray for those members of our congregation. We pray for the Herman Bridges family in their, in their loss. We pray, O oh Lord, for your watch care, your guidance, your, your provision for them. We pray, O oh Lord, for others in our congregation who mourn and continue to mourn the loss of loved ones from earth. We pray, O oh Lord, for those that are sick, for those that need healing and compassion and companionship. We ask, O oh Lord, even now your blessings upon our pastor's family, that you would be ever-present in this time of sickness. Open our hearts, O oh Father, and our minds and our spirits and our hands so that we might receive what you would have us to receive and we in turn then might share your grace, your love to those around us. Thank you, Lord, for being the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end of our faith. In the name of the crucified one, Jesus the Christ, we pray. Amen. Lamentations 3, 22 through 23 was one of Thomas Chisholm's favorite scripture passages. It reads, Because of the Lord's faithful love, we do not perish, for his mercies never end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. It was this passage that in inspired some of the lyrics to our next hymn. Thomas Chisholm spent most of his adult life working as a life insurance agent and writing poetry in his spare time. By all accounts, he lived a very ordinary life, but one of the poems he wrote has had an extraordinary impact on people of faith for many years. As we sing our next hymn, think about the many ways, both ordinary and extraordinary, that you have witnessed God's faithfulness. Please stand as we sing hymn number 54, Great is Thy Faithfulness.
Let's pray together this morning. Father, as we reach this point in our worship this morning, I pray for each person in this room that we would open up our hearts, that we would open up our minds to seek your will, to seek your calling for us. Father, I pray that this morning that we would be willing to give back to you in remembrance of the the many ways, the many blessings that you give to us. Father, I pray that as we give monetarily, that we would also give in our hearts, that we would give our time, that we would give our efforts. Father, I pray that as we would leave this place this afternoon, that we would continue to give back to you every day in our lives. Father, I pray for the rest of our service this morning. Pray for Doug as he leads, as he speaks. Pray for our staff as they lead and speak. Father, we're grateful for this church, and I pray that as we worship the rest of this morning, that we would have our hearts and our minds focused on one thing, that we would love, that we would serve, and that we would worship you. Father, we love you, and it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.
Revelation 1, verses 4 through 8. And I'm going to be reading from the New International Version. If you would like to follow along in the Pew Bible, if you don't have your Bible in the Pew Bible, it's on page 1072. Revelation 1, verses 4 through 8. And Ellen has already read a little bit of this in the children's sermon. John, to the seven churches in the province of Asia, grace and peace to you from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood, and has made us to be a kingdom and priest to serve his God and Father. To him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Look, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And all the peoples of the earth will mourn because of him. So shall it be. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty.
want to thank the choir for a beautiful word of testimony through song. When we think about the wondrous cross. We are Easter people. We are people who have experienced the resurrection. We have experienced it through the recording and scripture, but also we have experienced resurrection at that moment when we accepted Christ as Lord and Savior, when we began to follow in his way, we became or or began the process of being resurrected. Resurrected from our own unselfishness, uh, resurre- I'm sorry, re- resurrected from our selfishness, resurrected from our self-centeredness, resurrected from the ways that we might fail God. I appreciate Julie reading the, uh, the, the assigned scripture this morning. Uh, and uh, the, the scripture in Revelation talks about the word of God saying that he is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, and that, it, and that there is a future when there shall be a return. And so today, in a few moments, I'd like to talk with you about something that's going to seem really strange, but I would hope that you would listen and perhaps you might begin to, to think perhaps in a, in, a, in a different way just for a few moments. We live in the time in between. We, have, we know of Christmas, we know of Easter, and we anticipate the culmination of God's kingdom in the future. We live in between. And there are certain things that we need to be aware of as we live in this in-between time, the time be- between when we first believed and when the time when God will choose to bring about a new phase in his creation. The passage of scripture I'm going to um, read, and it's a very brief passage of scripture taken from Deuteronomy 6.19. In fact, I will paraphrase it. It says, basically, thou shalt not steal. Now, you may think, stealing... What kind of topic is that for a morning message following Easter Sunday? But as we think about that word stealing and its derivations, stealing is a part of our basic phraseology of life. At some point, there may be someone in this room who has stolen a kiss. I I don't want to see any hands. There may be someone who has stolen your heart. We use that word still in a romantic sense. We sometimes use it in a business sense. Some, one person may steal someone else's business in terms of the competition. Someone may steal from the company. Someone may... Um, steal something in a transaction. If you uh, ever have bitten by an antique virus or an auction virus, you know what, of what I speak, but sometimes if you're looking for a bargain, you want to be able to say, I really, I stole that from them. 
That's part sometimes of our human nature, but we like to steal things in terms of a bargain, a good deal. And even, uh, and I was looking for Joel Dobbins, and I don't know, he may be in another part of the building, but I was actually going to use two athletic metaphors, which I'm not noted for, but I was going to use them, and so that way you could say, I have used them, so no one can't say that I don't know that world exists. But sometimes um, you might steal a base in baseball. That's right. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, or you might steal the ball, intercept the ball in football. But we have stealing that goes on in athletics, perhaps in a, in a good way. Um, but also we have stealing that goes about if someone claims to have stolen, well, well she stole my thunder. And again, uh, listening to the beauty of the choir, when I can, in, in many ways they've stolen some thunder because what can I say to their wonderful message of the cross? We use that word steal a great deal. Uh, and even in the theater, well, she stole the show. It doesn't mean that she actually packed up the show and ran away with it, but it means that somehow her performance was magnificent, and all attention was centered upon that one uh, actor. In Deuteronomy, there is an exposition about how the people of Israel are to live. There is an exposition that occurs because they were to be a people of a covenant. There was to be the relationship between that people and God that should reflect the very character of God. And so in Deuteronomy 6.19, we had that little phrase, thou shalt not steal, as a way of reminding the people that their lives in covenant were to be different. They were to live in a community, a community that would reflect the very character, the very nature of God. And so if a community is to reflect the God that we believe, there should be no real stealing. There should not be those things that would take advantage of another person. The stealing might be a number of things. It could be physically taking away something that someone has, which I think is our initial uh, understanding or uh, view of that but also we can steal in other ways and as they stole in ancient Israel if someone works hard and we fail to provide them with an adequate salary for the work they have done we have stolen from them if we fail to give all people an opportunity for an education an opportunity for work Perhaps we have stolen from them as well. And if we say negative things about someone or try to malign their reputation because they perhaps think differently than we do, then perhaps we're guilty of stealing in another sense as well. If we look at the stories that are recorded both in the Old and New Testament, Many different words are used, but stealing is often the theme. 
if we think about the first murder that is recorded in Scripture, one would actually steal the life of his brother through murder. A few pages later, we would discover that two brothers will be in uh, a situation where one will deceive or perhaps try to steal the blessing, the inheritance from another. Another will spend time working for seven years expecting to have a certain bride and then to discover the brides have been changed so something was stolen from him at that moment. And then another working of seven years for the bride of his first choice. And then we read the story of a large family where there was jealousy and there were uh, numerous uh, mothers involved. But a, a group of brothers will steal the life of another brother. Steal it in the sense and steal that, that lie from, from the father by uh, helping to put him into slavery. So we steal, that, the records of stealing are, are there as well. And we know that story of Joseph. And Joseph's reputation was stolen once again when he was uh, in service to one of the... Uh, officials of Pharaoh and even when he was in in jail there was the stealing of the prompt taking away not fulfilling that promise and then if we continue to turn the pages we will read other accounts of people who are stealing we read the account of how the nation would steal from the poor how they would take advantage of the oppressed and be satisfied with their own, uh, their own goods and their own station in life. And the prophets would speak words against this, a different form of stealing. And then we come to the New Testament and we see the life of Jesus. And I'd like for you just a moment to think through, in the life of Jesus, there was at least one moment recorded when Uh, the evil one tried to steal away from what the Messiah would be. There are the three recorded temptations, turning uh, bread, I mean, turning a rock or a stone into bread uh, in terms of jumping from the temple, uh, bowing and worship. All of those were shortcuts, perhaps, that would have stolen who Jesus was to be and the very nature of his messiahship. So stealing is a very important element throughout the scriptures. And again, uh, and there were times when uh, Jesus himself was to be tricked because people wanted very easy answers. If you remember, he was questioned by uh, the lawyer Well, exactly who is my neighbor? He wanted to narrow that definition. But if Jesus had given a narrow definition, that would have stolen the opportunity to see the whole world as our neighbor and as people that we need to have some degree of 
concern and care and love and charity towards. And then there was the trick that uh, someone said, well, Jesus is asking about taxes. You know, should we really pay taxes? Should we really obey the government? And Jesus looked at a coin and he basically gave the adage, render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's and the things of God that are the things belonging to God. And so even in these days, as we await the culmination, we are perhaps tempted to steal. And I would like for you to think for a moment, have you stolen anything from yourself? Have you not followed a dream, not followed an impulse of God? Have you missed what you would like what, what you would like to be or what you believe God would have you to be? And if you have missed those opportunities, perhaps you have actually stolen from yourself. If you have failed to be what you should be to your neighbor, have you stolen that from your neighbor? We can steal from ourselves if we shortchange ourselves. Also, we can steal from uh, one another if we do not treat people with fairness, with charity. If we do not listen to them, we in essence steal. And if we fail to forgive, we have stolen as well. Because all of those are a part of what we should do. In the uh, New Testament church, there was this uh, wonderful description about how they held things in common. And so as it was in ancient Israel and as it should be in uh, in the true church of God, there should be community, there should be the concern for one another. So that if your brother is is in need, there should not be the temptation to steal because you should be trying to meet his or her needs. And even in the meeting of needs, we have to be so careful. It's easy to give a fish. It takes a little more effort to teach someone how to fish, to spend the time so that they can become independent. And even in our actions, if we think about the, the character that we lead, our behaviors, our thoughts, our feelings, if we are not as we should be, and none of us are, if we fail to exhibit the love that God has shown for us through the birth, through the Easter event, through resurrection, we're are we not all stealing from God as well? This church has a wonderful opportunity, as every church does in the world today. We have the opportunity to find and to be bold in who we are, who we are called by God, to use our resources, to use all the talent, the time, the people, present so that we might advance God's kingdom. We have this moment in history and we have to be very cautious that we don't sell our birthright, 
that we do not sell ourselves short. If we become the community that we are called to be, the chances are we will not be stealing from the world, but we will be giving to the world those wonderful things of witness and fruit that our world so desperately needs. As you think, you may say, well, I don't steal. But I hope as you spend some time thinking perhaps about this, are we ever guilty of the subtle stealing, of not being what we should be, not saying a friendly word, not giving that kind of witness? Scripture is very wonderful. It is very rich. But it needs to be understood And it needs to be interpreted by God's Holy Spirit so that we might be a people who can hold all things in common. God has called each of us today for this moment. In just a moment, we're going to have our time of invitation when the doors of the church, as the old phraseology is, will be open to receive. But also, the invitation is a moment to assess where you are. Are you following? Are you, are you becoming what God would have you to be? If not, are you stealing? This is a time of celebration. This is a time of second chances. And so, Roger and Linda, if you would lead us uh, in our invitation And it is hymn 279. And to remember that God is the Alpha and the Omega. How are we going to live between these? Please stand as we sing hymn number 279.